Come gather round the campfire and hear our ghostly tales of chilling terrors, darkest woes, and anything that goes bump in the night. So cuddle up with your best friend or dare it alone. The darkness is closing in and spirits are calling your name. This is Fireside Phantoms. It's another edition of Tarot Talk and Astro Updates. Awesome. Hope you guys are enjoying that. Um, The first thing I want to tell you guys about is a new Oracle deck that has come out. Uh, Our good friend, Amy Roscoe, is uh, come out with a Oracle deck called Here, Here. And it's spelled H-E-A-R. H-E-R-E. So here, here. I know. Clever. Clever it is. Here, (laughs) here. So she actually just came up with, um, she had an original Oracle deck. uh, Then she did a second one and there's a difference between the two. But what's great about these two decks is you can shuffle them together. So it's not like you have to keep them separated. Um, They're each, I think, 24 cards. The first deck that she did is basically cool because um, it's a little different than, I think, your traditional oracle or tarot tarot cards. Basically, you shuffle them through and you think, you know, what do I need to be working on for myself? The card I picked was Expand. And so you go ahead and you open the little white book and this gives you some practices you can do to expand your energy. And it's pretty interesting. So she gives you a set of um, different things you can do for each thing. She's got one for energized. She's got one for grounding. Like she's got a whole bunch of um, honoring, healing, and just different techniques you can use to do that for your own self, your own body. That is also, it's like almost like a yoga. Yeah, kind of like a yoga deck, but it's more energy-based stuff that you can do. And then the second deck she had come out is called the Here Here Home Oracle Cards. And that's basically what you can do around your house to bring more energy into your home, like, you know, uh, bring more money, whatever it is you're looking for. So that's the home Oracle Cards that she just did as well. So those are pretty cool. If you guys are interested in checking those out, her website is hereherecards.com. Again, spelled H E A R H E R E cards.com. And you can go to her little um, website here. Um, and it and looks we'll like a link too. there's a link. And uh, it looks like there's 24 cards in each deck, I believe each deck. And they're $36 per deck. So you can go there and check those out. Um, Yay, Amy. Yeah, Amy, great job. And hopefully this has both of them on there. I'm not sure if they have both cards on or not, but I'm sure that they will be adding the second deck soon to the website. So give that website a try if you're interested in checking out those tarot cards. We can put it in our link. Or those Oracle cards, I should say. Yes, and we'll put it in in the link for our show notes. So anyway, um, that's going to kick us off today to talk a little bit about the tarot. You've been doing a really great job on doing a lot of astrological stuff. Oh, thank you. Which has been super interesting. Um, And today I thought I would talk a little bit about tarot cards and their history, which is, I also think, pretty interesting. Um, And for those people who aren't super familiar with the tarot or how it works, 
As you may or may not know, um, today's tarot decks are about 78 cards that are broken into two distinct parts. There's the major arcana and the minor arcana, and arcana actually means secret. So oh, you I have, didn't know that. Yeah, the major arcana and the minor arcana. The major arcana consists of 22 cards that depict different people, character traits, or events that a person will tend to experience in their lifetime. And the minor arcana are four suits, cups, swords, pentacles, and wands that each represent a life theme. So for example, cups deal with emotions and feelings and relationships. Swords are about thoughts and actions. Pentacles are representative of money home, career, the physical body, and wands are spirit, passion, and creativity. Mm -hmm. Included in the minor arcana are four court cards for each suit that includes a page, a knight, a queen, and a king. So you'll have a page, knight, queen, and king of pentacles, a page, knight, queen, king of swords, a page, knight, queen, king of cups, and a page, knight, king, queen of wands. Uh, the difference between a tarot deck and a regular deck of cards are the addition of the 22 major arcana cards plus each of the minor arcana or numbered cards depict imagery for the viewer to interpret instead of just the numbered cards. These 22 major arcana cards are just different things like you have um, the empress which represents mother or you have the hierophant which represents structures of of society like churches or schools mm. traditional values traditional values um you'll have the lover's card which can talk about falling in love you have um you know the devil card which means you're running into someone who's highly manipulative so stuff like that things that you might end up um, encountering along the way in your lifetime so no one knows for sure when the tarot first came into being much speculation exists as to its origins and age However, that hasn't stopped many cultures from claiming the tarot as its own. I claim it. You claim it? Thanks, it's mine. <laughs> no. <laughs> For instance, the ancient Egyptian god Toth was the god of writing, mathematics, science, sacred texts, magic, wisdom, and the moon. Toth was worshipped from before 6000 BC, the pre-dynastic period, to the Ptolemaic period of 323 BC. He was one of the longest revered of the Egyptian gods. Toth was said to have taught his people about the arts, sciences, and religion. Toth's priests claimed that Toth gave them secret texts that contained magical instructions that could command the gods and give the holder of his knowledge unlimited power. This book was known as the Book of Wisdom. This book of wisdom was said to be contained in the library of Alexandria in Egypt, but was destroyed when the library itself burned down in a fire. However, it is believed that the information contained within the book of wisdom was reproduced onto tarot cards to ensure that the information would survive. That's very wise of them. That was wise of them. By placing this information onto individual cards, they could prevent it from all being destroyed again as it was when it was placed in a book format and burned all at one time. So that makes sense, right? Yeah. It was believed that these tarot cards were spread throughout Europe by gypsies. But the Greeks believed in their god Hermes. Hermes told his followers that the way to reach enlightenment is if you follow astrology and use the celestial ladder up the seven planets that they knew about at the time, which were the sun, the moon, Mars, Jupiter, Venus, Mercury, and Saturn. 
It was believed that each of these planets offered a different lesson. And if you mastered that lesson, you could ascend into the heavens without actually having to die, physically die, but you would be able to live with the enlightenment one receives after death. That sounds like a good plan to me. As a living person, (laughs) yes. The Hermeticists were also alchemists and believed that they could turn the impurest of metals into gold, thus also reaching enlightenment. These planetary lessons, the celestial ladder, and their ideas of alchemy are depicted in the tarot as well. The Fool's Ascension through each of the major arcana cards brings the Fool, who is the main person in the tarot that experiences all these these things, closer to enlightenment and to the avoidance of death. So all of these life lessons are portrayed in the tarot cards towards enlightenment. So the fool is starting his journey. The fool is starting his journey, and we'll go more into the fool's journey. The, the fool in the tarot is card zero, and that's because the fool has no value. He doesn't know anything. Just think of like a brand new baby that's just been born and has no life experience or no knowledge, and they're just there to start their journey of life, and that is represented in the fool card in the tarot. So another Greek philosopher, Plato, and the Neoplatonists believed that enlightenment also occurred as one got closer to the illuminated planets, with a planet of the sun being the highest achievement of enlightenment. The Judas believed that the tarot reflected the mystical tree of life in the Kabbalah that also showed a pathway to enlightenment and was connected to the different letters and sounds of the Hebrew alphabet in the tree of life. And those who followed Pythagoras believed that the entire universe could be expressed through numbers. These numbers, their value and symbolism are also expressed in, you got it, the tarot. Pythagoras also created the diatonic scale of seven notes, and these seven notes were correlated with the seven planets. These seven planets are in the tarot. So, for example, the magician is correlated to Mercury, which is correlated to the note of D. The high priestess is correlated to the moon, which is the note of C. The empress is Venus, the note of E. The wheel of fortune is Jupiter, the note of A. The sun is, well, you guessed it, the sun, and it is the note of (laughs) F. The tower is uh, with Mars, the note of G, and the world is Saturn, the note of B. Some Christians believe that the tarot reflects many Christian biblical stories and symbolism. For instance, Adam and Eve are represented in the lover's card with the naked man and woman standing before each other. The man, quote unquote, Adam, is gazing over at the woman, quote unquote, Eve, while she stares at an angel in the sky and a sinister snake sits wrapped around a tree trunk behind her. The biblical book of Revelations is represented in the card of judgment. In this card, an angel in the sky blows a loud horn, awakening the people of earth who are throwing off their lids of their caskets, their arms outstretched, ready to be taken up to heaven, just like in the rapture depicted in the Bible. The Hierophant card represents a pope or high priest. The Hierophant is depicted sitting exalted in a church-like setting, wearing a red robe, which is a nod to the red blood of Christ, and Christian crosses adorn his white sash as two priests bow before him. So there's a lot of different cultures and beliefs and religions that believe the tarot is representative of what they think. But in fact, none of these claims to tarot's origins are exactly true, but in fact, they are all true. Mm-hmm. Tarot cards actually evolved in the 15th century during the Renaissance period in Italy. They were a special deck of cards called Carte de Triomphi, meaning a deck of cards with triumphs added. The tarot initially was something only wealthy people could afford. 
The cards were used as entertainment to spruce up their card playing with these special picture cards. The cartes de triomphe were added to the game as trumps, quote-unquote trumps, known today as the Major Arcana. These picture cards could trump regular playing cards, which were the four suits, the diamonds, hearts, spades, and clubs, mm -hmm. numbered ace through ten, plus their court cards, the jack, the queen, and the king, allowing the player to win based on what level of trump card he or she had. So they had these additional picture cards that they could use to trump the number cards. The game was similar to the game of bridge that we play today. Though I don't believe they use picture cards and bridge, just no. a regular deck of cards. The original deck of tarot cards were commissioned by the wealthy people of their time who requested contemporary artists design, paint, and produce these cards for their gameplay. These artists designed the cards to reflect the popular subjects of their time, the Renaissance period. Therefore, the artists were highly influenced by the Greek, Egyptian, Christian, Judaism, math, astrology, alchemy, music, arts, and sciences that were being discussed, debated, and celebrated in popular culture at that time. Therefore, the art expressed in the early days of the tarot pulls from all of these ancient ideas, as I just discussed above, of Greek, Egyptian, Christian, Judaism, mathematics, astrology, alchemy, music, as well as parades. No. Yes. <laughs> it connects to parades. Please parades. do tell, Holly. And by the way, um, this is all written in a really good and interesting book on the history of the tarot called The Tarot, History, Symbolism, and Divination by Robert M. Place. It's a really fascinating read. Um, I actually read it years ago, and I always thought it was kind of cool. Back in the day, the Romans would hold great parades to celebrate their triumphs in war. It was a processional that started with the captives of their battle leading the parade for people to sneer and jeer at, I'm sure, followed by the Roman soldiers, then the generals going from the lowest rank to the highest rank, and then ending with the king. The idea being that the king trumps the generals who trump the soldiers who trump the prisoners of war. Just like in the card game, the major arcana cards trumped the numbered cards, but then also trumped each other as they too had an order of importance. After the invention of the printing press, the tarot was able to be mass produced and soon many members of the middle and lower classes were able to get their hands on these tarot decks. This also lent for the tarot cards to be spread quickly throughout Europe. There are not many tarot cards left from the very earliest days of its existence. One of the oldest existing tarot cards was the Visconti Forza deck from the 15th century. In 1460, the cards were commissioned in honor of Bianca Maria Visconti as a wedding gift to celebrate her marriage to Francisco Forza. Bianca's father was Filippo Maria Visconti, the Duke of Milan and the richest man in Italy at the time. 74 of those 78 cards still exist today, Carol, and are scattered into a few museums in New York, Italy, and a private collection. Oh, wow. That is so cool. It's if they could just put it together, it would be great. It would be pretty cool, I know. Be able to see it in one place. I know. In the beginning, tarot cards were just used for regular card playing, and regular decks of playing cards were actually what was used for divination. The hearts represented the church, which today in tarot would be the cups. Uh, the spades represented the military, the diamonds represented the merchants, and the clubs represented the peasants. Oh, so it was more divided up into classes yeah, rather than actual attributes. Right. That's yes. interesting. Yeah, I think so too. Ultimately, the French occultist, Atelier, 
was the first to begin using tarot cards for divination. He was a professional tarot card reader and tarot teacher in 1767. He believed that the cards had evolved from ancient Egyptian mythology and held the secrets of the universe. He started using tarot cards for divination purposes, studying them, writing about them, and teaching them, and even devised the first deck of tarot cards that were to be used specifically for divination purposes. He designed his deck of tarot cards to strengthen the connection between Toth and Hermeticism. In 1888, the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn was founded. It was a secret Hermetic Kabbalistic society, so Kabbalah, for mm -hmm. both men and women. The founders, William Westcott and McGregor Mathers, were highly influenced by the teachings in the Tarot. Two of its members were Arthur E. Waite and Pamela Coleman-Smith, who created the Writer Waite-Smith Tarot Deck in 1909, which serves as the gold standard of tarot decks that we have today. Writer was the name of the publishing company. The Rider Waite Smith, which was influenced by the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn, the 15th century Sola Busca deck, the work of Vitellia, Christian and Egyptian and Kabbalistic influences, and Smith and Waite's own creativity has become a major influence over our modern tarot decks. Oh yeah, it is the gold standard it for is, sure. It is the gold standard. Waite and Smith put imagery on all 78 cards, the major and the minor arcana, which had never been done until then. So instead of having an irregular deck of cards, you would have your diamonds, your clubs, your spades, and your hearts. The tarot mirrors that, but it changes the suits to the wands, the swords, the pentacles, and the cups. And so the cups would be the hearts. The swords would be the uh, spades. The diamonds would be the pentacles. And the, the clubs would be the um, wands. Wands. Yeah, the clubs. <laughs> they're, they're clovers, Clovers right? and clubs would be Clovers the and clubs. Yeah. So if you're interested in how they correlate with the tarot deck and a regular deck of cards, that's how that works. Another member of the Golden Order was the famous Aleister Crowley. He also influenced the modern tarot, developing his own set of tarot cards called the Book of Toth, a reference to the possible Egyptian origins, which were illustrated by his wife, Lady Frida Harris. Though not as popular as the Rider-Waite-Smith deck, it is still sold, discussed, and debated in tarot circles today. The Rider Waite Smith and the Toth decks are the standard that most tarot artists today have emulated to create their modern decks. Some decks follow the art in the Rider Waite Smith deck very closely, while others do not follow it at all, even changing the names of some of the major arcana cards or minor arcana suits to fit their own artistic vision. That being said, tarot cards and tarot readings are very hot right now. A website called Technavio is predicting that from 2022 to 2026, the tarot card market will grow by $214 million. I believe that. I was in Barnes & Noble the other day, and I couldn't believe they had an entire wall dedicated to oracle cards and tarot cards and surprised. all kinds of things like that. They cite this um, growth in the market as an interest of millennials in the tarot, also an increase of disposable income and the ease of buying cards and readings online as a reason for the boost in this growth. So if you're interested in getting into tarot, um, this would be a good time to do it. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that's just a brief history of where the tarot cards came from, um, the different uh, cultures that influenced them and kind of what you might see in its symbolism today and why it's there because there's been a lot of different belief systems that did play a big part in the Renaissance period, that is what these um, 
older artists during the Renaissance period, they were looking at what was popular at the time. And those were a lot of the things that were popular at the time. So mm-hmm. they pulled a lot of those symbols and put them into the tarot. And then when Arthur E. Waite and Pamela Coleman Smith came along, believing very much in a lot of these belief systems, they also put that into the writer weight, which is influencing what we have today. What's funny is, you know, talking so much about um, triumph and trumps makes me kind of think of our... <laughs> I was thinking that like too. Like that leeway I just of, used. That was excellent. Yeah. Uh, uh, we've been thinking a lot about... Uh, the trumps Trump. are not trumping right now, are they? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So we're, we're recording this the week that um, they're talking about I guess arresting, arresting former president Donald Trump today. Um, even w- today was the day he said that was he was going to be arrested, yeah. and so it got me to remember that. So he's apparently being arrested for money he paid to his ex porn star girlfriend Stormy Daniels. Um, th- she claims that they had an affair, and I guess he gave her some money. She claims. He gave her money to shut her up while he was running for president. Is that right? Hush money. Hush yeah. money. Yep. Okay. So I remembered that Stormy Daniels has a uh, article written about her in Newsweek about her paranormal experiences. No way. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. I want to totally hear about this. Yes. So I thought this was a good tie into current events. This came out November 9th, 2022 on Newsweek. It says Stormy Daniels says, quote, non-human thing with tentacles, end quote, haunted her former home. Okay, that's so, crazy. I'm just going to read you guys what this article says, and I will post it in our show notes, but I just want you to know I'm reading it verbatim from the Newsweek article. It says Stormy Daniels has opened up about her paranormal experiences, claiming that a, quote, very dark non-human thing with tentacles, end quote, haunted her former home. She also claimed the spirit broke items and affected her health and the mental health of her then boyfriend. Daniels, 43, is an adult film actress and director best known for her being involved in a legal dispute with Donald Trump. She claimed she had an affair with him and was paid to hush. This is not well written. She claimed she had an affair with him and was paid to hush money to keep her silent. That doesn't make sense, Newsweek. No. Trump's, Newsweek, you're, you're, you're really... Sh- you're showing Newsweek. <laughs> Trump 76 has always denied the affair. Daniel's real name is Stephanie Gregory Clifford, appeared on the podcast Ghost Magnet with Bridget... Yeah, Marquart. Marquart? Uh, well, it says hosted by the former Playboy star. So I guess that Bridget was the Playboy star? Newsweek. Or Stephanie Gregory Clifford was. Newsweek, do better. Do better, Newsweek. This is poorly written. On it, the guest discussed her intense experiences with the paranormal, which began when she moved into a 200-year-old house in the Garden District of New Orleans in 2019. Well, oh, every, how lovely. Every Garden District house in New Orleans is, is haunted, haunted by of a tentacle Of course thing. it is. Of course yes. it is. Cthulhu <laughs> rules that area. Daniels began by saying that she hired two mediums to come to her home who informed her there were, quote, multiple entities, end quote, in the house. Daniels proceeded to describe them to Marquardt, 49. Definitely one very, very dark, non-human thing with these tentacles. And that's what I caught on camera. And it shattered my ex's guitar. It just snapped in half one day sitting on the stand. It did not like him at all. You know what? That is like the second story we've talked about, about a a haunted guitar. You're right. Do you remember that? Yeah. Like off of our first season, you told that story. That's right. Yep. Yep. 
Um, she also says, one is a woman who lost a child and blamed herself. And if I stood in a certain spot in the kitchen, I would just cry. And like a couple of people said, like they felt like she was cutting herself, Daniel said. Oh. The final spirit Daniels described was felt by a medium whom she talked to over Zoom. Quote, the house is partially furnished and there's a very old mirror upstairs that I used to always feel like someone was watching me, but it was kind of a protective feeling, she said. Daniels confirmed the medium knew about the mirror without seeing it and could describe its look. She continued, quote, and they're like, there's a woman that used to get made up in that mirror. She was a lady of the night and she identifies with you because you're a sex worker and she's very protective of any man who gets in that bed with you. Okay, wow. (laughs) The medium Mm. is very biased. Very cool. Mm, Daniels went on to describe how the strange happenings in the house started to ramp up over time, affecting not just her, but also the partner she was living with. She says, the guy who was living with me at the time, we started fighting. He got real mean, would say horrible things to me for no reason. And then it escalated to him putting his hands on me, which had never happened when we lived together in our previous place. And then he was gone. When Daniels was left alone in the house, she said she installed cameras that caught shadows of things moving in the house. Mm. Eventually, when her lease was up and she was preparing to leave, the house got aggressive. Daniels explained, quote, I started having these headaches and my hair was falling out and I had pictures of me with like blood coming out of my ears. Wow, that's pretty serious. That's intense. Yeah. Then like stuff would, instead of something just moving or tapping, fly at me. You could feel the hostility in the house. So I wonder if that's the lady that was a lady of the night was getting upset that uh, Stormy Daniels was moving out. Oh. I wonder. I wonder too. Because she was protective of her. Yeah. And then she's leaving, and now this lady, Mimey, is not happy about it. Right. Her boyfriend moved out of the property. Daniel said she has not spoken to him since. The full episode of Ghost Magnet with this Bridget Marquart, titled Stormy Daniel's Haunted New Orleans House and Spooky Dolls, is online and available to listen to now. So, um... So there you go. That's the story, the paranormal story around Stormy Daniels. And because it's a pertinent news topic right now, we thought it was a great tie in to our show. Yeah. And perhaps we could do maybe a little tarot on this. What do you think, Carol? Yeah, it's a it's a interesting story about her. I it sounds terrifying her what she went through. I'd like to ask if it was the former Lady yeah, of the Night that I think was haunting so too. her. I want to know that. And then I, I will ask that. Why don't you ask if they are going to arrest Donald Trump this week? Oh, God. <laughs> Just out of curiosity. Way to give me the hard one. Or I can do that. No, I'll, can do, I'll do that You'll one. do that one? Okay. Yeah. We'll be right back. Okay. All right. We're back. We are back. So... You want me to go first? Or should I go first so we can keep everyone in suspense? Of course, by the time they hear this, they'll already know. They'll already know, <laughs> probably. Ahead. Yeah, I, um, well, I did the Oracle cards of uh, Moonology. Oh, cool. Just to have some fun with this. Yasmin Bolin, because we are approaching eclipse season. So I thought oh. it might be kind of fun to do that. Okay. Um, and I drew the new moon e- eclipse. It says, expect powerful change. Um, additional meanings for this card. Yes, yes. A thousand times yes. So do you think that means yes? 
<laughs> I think it does. Yes. Um, and then the second card I drew was the full moon in Aquarius, and which is interesting because we are in Aquarius season too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, the card says, show the world the real you. A situation is going to take a very unexpected turn. I do believe by the cards I've drawn, the five of pentacles, seven of pentacles and judgment reverse is that this was not unexpected. Um, Most people kind of knew this was coming. Mm -hmm. Um, However, I feel what's going to come out of this is something very unexpected and it's something that needed to happen so we could decide for ourselves the true character of someone. Okay. And um, today's Tuesday. I haven't heard the news yet. I, I haven't heard anything, but I think by now that we'd have some kind of flashing alert on our phone. Yeah. <laughs> <So> with, <laughs> I mean, maybe. I don't have I mine don't set up for, for news like that, but yeah. I know a lot of people do. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> what did you get? So I'm reading from the Consider Ca- Considerate Cat Tarot by Madeline Bellinger, which is one of my favorite decks because it's cats and it's adorable. Um, So I got the Ace of Swords, the Five of Wands, and the Six of Swords. So um, in her deck of the Ace of Swords, this is a card of confrontation. So I think that this is the card where Stormy Daniels is like, I'm going to move out of this house. And the ghost or whatever was tormenting her was like, what? Wait a minute. And started to confront her about that with doing all this weird Mm -hmm. shit, trying to attack her, getting her hair to fall out, ears bleeding, all that stuff. So that was the first confrontation or attacks. But here's for the five of wands. Let me read to you what it says in Madeline's book here. It says someone may be trying to help you. Although it may not be in the way that you prefer or enjoy. Oh, wow. It's okay to kindly reject their offer. Wow. So she I, did the right thing by moving out. She did. But I think that this is that, that lady. lady. Yeah. yeah. I think it's her. Sure. She's trying to do it out of a sense of helping Stormy Daniels. But is just, I think what the effect was trying to get her attention mm-hmm. to make her not leave. Yeah. But it comes off as scary and confrontational when you are being attacked by something you can't see. So that's the I don't want your help because yeah. this is creepy because me out. Because you're, you're yeah. a tentacle slimy thing. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So that's what that card to me represents. And then the Six of Swords was, I think that the card, it's usually the Six of Swords is usually a card of transitioning from a tough place to a better place. Moving but past in the, troubled waters. Right. Which is essentially <laughs> what she does. She moves out of this house. Mm-hmm. But um, in this card, you'll see there's a little cat and it's sleeping on a bed of grass and there's six swords pointing towards it. So I think the ghost was trying to keep her inside. I think it was trying to keep her there. Yeah. And that was the point. It was trying to block her from leaving. So I I do think it was that lady just because it was, I think, the five of wands and the description in this book that uh, Madeline Bellinger has for Considerate Cat Tarot said it's someone who's trying to help you so she thinks she's trying to help but ultimately i think she was just trying to keep her from leaving because i think uh she was worried about what was going to happen to her when she did leave so what do you have for us on an astrology update carol well thank you i think the big news coming up is that lucky and expansive planet jupiter moves into taurus on May 16th, where oh. it will stay until May 25th, well, that's a magical 2024. Day. Jupiter is the planet of making events larger and more expansive. And generally, it is a good planet, the great 
benefic planet, you can attribute wealth and good luck often with these Jupiter transits. And there will also be a meteor shower in the star system of Lyra, which occurs annually from April 16th to April 25th. And do you know what that means, Holly? I don't. Well, not a damn thing, apparently. <laughs> Astrologers don't give any importance on it. But I think the dates are very, very interesting. Yes. Why are they very interesting? What were the dates again? Oh, God. <laughs> Holly's, Holly's done. She's tuned out. <laughs> well, you said May 16th. Well, I know. I know you You know that. We're keeping that secret for just a tad longer. Oh, okay. Actually, yes. We can, we can tell people. It's your birthday. It's my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> yay send me. Birthday presents to Carol. Yes, yay me. At her house address, which is um, Holly's address. No. It's those dates that usually are, are, there, are the terrible doom dates. The of April, April dates. The April and dates. I was just going to say, are they the April dates? Yeah. They're the April yeah. dates. Yeah. And we've Oops. talked about this in the past that. You know, world tragic events usually happen during that week. Yeah, it's like April 15th through the 20th, I think. And yeah. at the time we yeah. were like, "What? I wonder what's happening up in the sky that yeah. this happens. And we were like, ah, nothing we know really yeah. that happens. But this meteor shower does. But yeah, no astrologers really give it any importance. But I found it fascinating. I it happens think, annually. I think that's interesting because um, a couple seasons ago I did do um, a podcast episode on the terrible April dates and then the crazy big big news item things that happen during those five days I mean it's yeah, just insane it how, is. how many crazy things have happened that week in April the lunar eclipse also will mm -hmm. be happening May 5th in the sign of Scorpio Scorpio can represent big financial institutions like the Federal Reserve and banks. This eclipse is also influenced by the planet Uranus, so expect the unexpected. Uranus is the wild card of the astrology deck. Um, so just when you think you might know what is going to happen, Uranus throws a curveball, and it is a very fast, hard curveball that can knock the air out of you. Huh. The energy isn't always bad, though. It can bring good surprises, too. And... Taurus, lucky you, Jupiter falls in your sign of the first house of personal identity. Woo, woo, woo. Happy, happy birthday. Taurus people love all things that are beautiful and sensual. They also tend to elevate any social situation with their grace. Good taste and excellence. Oh, my God. Listen, you go, Taurus. Per, per, per. Are you sure I'm not a Leo right now? Actually, I have Leo rising. Give a <laughs> that makes sense. Give a Taurus a nice dinner out and they will be happy. Ruled by Venus, good food, wine, art, and luxury are all things the average Taurus values. And you can bet if the world seems struggling with an impending financial crisis, they can still justify a birthday shopping trip to Nordstrom's. <laughs> because as a true Taurian would say, for it is better to live rich than to die rich. <laughs> However, my fellow Taurians, listen up. When Jupiter is transiting in your sign, watch out for overindulging. Unfortunately, because Jupiter is in your house of identity, many will find it too easy to pack on the extra weight. Uh -oh. So be forewarned. Right. Jupiter means expanding waistlines. Expanding. 
Now, mm. the positive side, though, is that many Torians will be thrown into the limelight. Everything you're working on could be far-reaching and successful. Oh, good. As Jupiter does expand everything that you're personally identified with. Like this podcast? Like this podcast. Carol, woo, woo. use that Taurus Leo energy and get I'm us out trying. of here. Yeah. I'm trying. So many people will be commenting on your projects and charisma. Jupiter can also <laughs> bring a financial windfall. Well, let's hope. And this will hit home for me. As you know, Holly, Jupiter moves into Taurus exactly on my birthday, May 16th. Yay. But this time I'm going to say no to the cake and yes to a lottery ticket. (laughs) (laughs) Do it. So the influence of Taurus in general, we know, represents currency and material wealth. Let's talk now about the upcoming signature moves taking place at the end of April and into May. We already talked at length on our last episode about the Aries solar eclipse on April 20th. We are entering eclipse season and it pushes the energy of Pluto to conjunct the faded nodes of the North Node in Taurus and the South Node of Scorpio. Hmm. Now, the North Node is all about what we're all trying to bring into the world, the skills or what we're striving to obtain stepping out of our comfort zone and embracing new energies. In a personal chart, it would be your soul's direction for inner growth. Because it is in Taurus, we're all wanting security, a solid financial system. We can all trust a way to sustain, ensure, and create abundance. The South Node is typically the old karmic patterns we need to change, disconnect from, and complete so we can finally move forward. It is the releasing of old structures, the patterns of our daily living, and ways of doing business. Scorpio can indicate needing to release fears, highlighting beliefs over lack, which leads to hoarding and greedy tendencies. The accumulation of wealth through Scorpio is seen as gains obtained through the abuse of power manipulative lies and psychological gains oh shit here we go again so we as a collective are being forced to face the reality that our money might have been misused or stolen do we know what is truly happening no we've we've been manipulated and our financial system is broken yeah on a personal you sound so sad (laughs) on a a personal level many of us are making new investments and minimizing risks But disclaimer here, I'm not giving any financial advice or guidance. I'm just sharing what is going on from an astrological perspective. Please always consult a financial advisor before taking actions on your investments or finances. Now, if you're approaching it from Scorpio South Node lessons, it would be the lesson to not let fear talk overwhelm you we have a lot of that these days yeah a lot of the fear talk escalating we are all collectively in this together guys nobody is confident regarding anything right now Mm. now henry weingarten is a famous western financial astrologer he's often interviewed by forbes and other financial news sources so weingarten just said that he and his colleagues are watching the two solar eclipses this year The second pair of eclipses will come up in the fall of 2023. Weingarten is the managing director of the Astrologers Fund, and at its 2023 Global Investment Outlook a few weeks ago, he said, quote, Many eclipses have dramatic effects in the financial markets. Some bring strong rallies. But we don't believe that this will be the case this April. Oh, no. Sometimes it's very positive, but most often it is not, end quote. So if it hasn't already happened, by the time you hear this uh, podcast airing, maybe there'll be more failures of banks. 
Um, mm. It is all being done, though, on purpose. It is no coincidence that the Fed keeps raising interest rates, that the administration is just giving away billions of dollars for every cause as if we have an endless supply. Like the future of our printing press fiat currency won't even matter. For some time now, the people worldwide are demanding wealth distribution and to be released from a high tax debt servitude from a lifetime of thankless work. Mm. Families will form new opinions on the value of being part of a community with financial benefits that match their needs or perhaps striving to become completely self-sufficient. These planetary alignments suggest that the U.S., along with other countries, are ushering in a new financial system. Many astrologers speculate the use of blockchain technology and a digital currency. The days of brick-and-mortar bank branches are also going away. Yeah. In I've, been, I've been reading that they're thinking we're going to have a recession very soon. Mm -hmm. In looking at historical trends and patterns for planetary shifts in our economy and financial markets, astrologers can have an idea of what to expect and make accurate predictions. Uranus in Taurus has always been an indicator for chaos and sudden excitement and surprises, typically pointing to sudden market changes and shakeups in the financial world. I would say in reading tarot decks, we could compare the planet Uranus with the tower card, uh -huh. uh, an ultimate collapse of something surprising and transformative. Huh. North node transit in Taurus rarely meets up with Jupiter. Last time it was with Taurus in the North Node was in 1929. The big crash happened in the fall after this transit happened in May previously. It seemed like everything was rising up and expanding because Jupiter typically does that. Mm -hmm. But in this case, it was the run-up of currencies and the stock market. It was an irrational rise. And when it crashed down, we had the Great Depression. Yeah. And then it happened again back in 1893. The panic crash of the New York Stock Exchange happened in March and collapsed in May. In 1799, it happened again when the same transit was there. The Hamburg liquidity crisis led to 82 banks shutting down. In all past cases, the meeting of Jupiter with Taurus conjunct in the North Node with this particular transit of Pluto, all that crap, eventually triggered an economic depression. But some astrologers who use a more ancient system called Babylonian astrology see that positive results can be gained huh. because Venus, which rules Taurus, is also a benefic planet. Jupiter is going to be in a square with Venus. Jupiter is approaching Venus, and in the ancient world, it is a good thing. They'll form a 90-degree angle. And even though it is in a tension, forming a square, it is with two benefic planets. So... Usually the tension brings something really great out of the struggle. When a planet disappears or becomes less visible in the sky, astrologers say that the influence becomes much less. Jupiter is disappearing end of March and is hidden until the middle of May when it, Jupiter rises back to being visible. This is really blasphemous, but I have to say, Holly, he is risen. He is risen indeed. Yay. <laughs> we are recording this a week before Easter. So the rising of Jupiter may indicate that by June 1st, each of us will feel a lift in our mood, which will ease our fears. And perhaps we can see that good gifts are coming our way. And maybe what we fear is just not knowing what is happening. And all of that will finally come to light. It is much easier to deal with a problem when we can pinpoint the where and how and who. One of my favorite financial astrologers, Sama, from Astrolata.com, has analyzed some of the biggest banks' astrology charts hmm. and has noticed some interesting things. 
I have linked his video in our credits. But he looks at J.P. Morgan Chase. He uses the astrology chart of when they first became incorporated and the most recent transit chart. It appears that Pluto is going to conjunct Neptune and will be in a three-degree tight orb by mid-year. Neptune can indicate losses, confusion, and Pluto can indicate downright stealing or unbridled power moves and control. Jeez. Saturn is conjunct the bank's Pisces moon. The moon represents the public and is the second house of this bank's chart. It is the money of the business. Sama believes that some people's accounts might be frozen due to corruption or liquidity issues. Later this summer, the vitality of the bank is lacking. The south node approaching Mars in the sixth house is usually the house of health, hidden enemies, and the south node will bring losses. Scorpio is directly associated to the banking system. It points to the bank's health being questioned. Sama predicts in two months' time we will see karma befalling the bank or the past actions of karma with their CEO, Jamie Diamond, because the timing of the faded nodes is also transiting. Now, Bank of America's chart analysis shows an interesting similarity. Sama points out that Chase Bank, and surprisingly the bank that shall not be named, also, along with Bank of America, have a Pisces moon. Did you happen to do our bank? You do and you I know bank what? at the same place. You know, that is a credit union, so no. <laughs> That's think, not I a big you should bank. do our credit union and then get oh, back to me. Okay, I will. Them. And this year, we just talked about Saturn. The planet of regulations and restrictions is moving into the sign over all three of these giant banks, Pisces moon, which happens last month. And it can bring hard times and restriction. So Bank of America has Mars in the seventh house. This represents partnerships. And with Venus retrograde, it shows that their partnership ties to funding or their big clients will be cutting ties and pulling their money out of their accounts. And this is not good news. No, Bank of America is also experiencing a nodal return, which means they're transforming their entire identity possibly changing names or perhaps being acquired by another bank or vice versa, they might be getting acquired. Mm. All transformation with the involvement of Pluto is traumatic and violent. And luckily with these planetary placements, the power from this crisis, many astrologers believe, is that the wealth will be transferred from the mega rich back to the people. Mm. So, you know, spiritual people always tend to be optimists. This m mismanagement of our money will come to light. Capitalism is under fire this year and will look especially corrupt and ugly. There usually is always a way to capitalize off a crisis if you know what is coming. Yeah. We always see how people in positions of power somehow are a step ahead of everyone else yeah. with moving around their investments. I've noticed that too. <laughs> Yet many don't realize that the markets and typical tools of investments this year may be unavailable for the individual. Crypto, of course, will be blamed. Many wonder. Will the tables tip to a more equitable society? Will that create a culture of mediocrity where nobody can obtain the gold medal or mega rich status, but everyone goes home with the bronze, a prize that is lackluster, but perhaps still adequate and better than the alternative of a disappearing middle class? What value do you place on your time and hard work? Would you want to be part of a financial system if they informed you? that your money is no longer individually owned, but pooled with everyone else's. What if you woke up one morning and everyone has a clean slate, having all debts erased, including mortgages, and every living person has the same allocation of monetary digits in the quantum financial system? 
But wait, this is so crazy to even think that such a huge change could happen. I can't imagine that would happen. Yet, it is still valuable to note what feelings come up with you when you entertain something to this level. What feelings do arise? These technical changes coming could also involve AI, perhaps. After all, we are under Aquarius influence, which rules AI. Nobody has been given the crystal ball on the exact rollout of what this financial system will become. Because of the unknowable energy of Uranus influencing these times up until 2024. But with everything we know about past transits and eclipses, I guarantee whatever is playing out from April until the end of November will be one for the history books in the upcoming years. We will all come out of it with a completely different economic and financial system. Financial astrologers and investment advisors have varying opinions on what is the safest way to navigate this change, and I suggest listening to some of the ones I've posted for you in the credits. But again, I'm not giving financial advice. No, no, no advice is given. (laughs) According to financial experts, the FDIC has about $125 billion worth of assets, but they are covering $10 trillion in deposit protection. We have been told that our money up to $250,000 is guaranteed, and we should have no fear. However, if enough people all rush to get their money out from the bank, the FDIC will only be able to cover about 14% of total deposits. What happened with SVB is creating the illusion of safety that our government will always take care of its people and the small businesses who are affected. But the fact is they don't have enough money to protect everyone if everything goes belly up all at once. It is hard to fathom, but what if the U.S. is broke? Astrologers are divided on their interpretation, saying this time around it will be the big boys who will be hit hard and the misdeeds kept hidden will come to light and liberate us all. But the other camp points to the Scorpio and Jupiter influences that the larger banks and the super wealthy are the ones who will be protected. Because after all, that seems to have been right out of the playbook of 2008 with the bank bail-ins or bailouts. When we did the cards in the past on the financial economy last year, it seemed to indicate more psychological fear than necessary. But that was last year. So I still think we are responsible for creating our reality. It is spring after all. Perhaps this year people have put their Easter eggs in many places. Maybe you find eggs under your mattress in the backyard. (laughs) Maybe there will be some crypto eggs and golden eggs. Do they still give away the big prizes hidden in those chocolate Cadbury eggs, Holly? Mm, I don't know. You know, I wish. The vibration or law of money is that it is meant to circulate, to be in motion, Because it is just a tool, not the destination of our happiness, which is hard to believe. But we need to get out of this tunnel vision when it comes to our security and money. Mm -hmm. Abundance can come in many forms Mm. and from different avenues to keep your options open. So, by the way, I did research last year, 2023. This year, the hunt is on for eggs that are half milk chocolate, (laughs) half white chocolate. And guys, the top prizes are up to $10,000 cash. And I even think they allow you to convert that to crypto. So, you know, you have options. Wow. I know Easter is come and gone, but it could still be out there for you still. And now that everyone knows my birthday, who knows what might come my way? Dang it, Jupiter. Dang you. (laughs) That's it for now, guys. 
No tarot reading? I'm late. I, I got to go. It's so late. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'm supposed right. to be somewhere at 4.30. Oh, shoot. Yeah, Can we do, do it really quick? Can we do it really quick? Oh, well, we don't have to. Let's do it really quick. Okay. A real quick one. Uh, what are we reading on, though? We're going to do a really fast one. We just want to know what credit unions are going to be. Okay. Okay, bye. We'll be right back. All right, we're back and we're asking the tarot um, if our money is safe at our credit union. <laughs> Both Carol and I belong to the same bank. Okay, so I think so. And I got the Father of Wands, the Nine of Cups, the Mother of Wands. Again, I'm using the Considerate Cat Tarot. Um, Father and Mother of Wands both make me feel like it is protected by people who are protecting the bank and the people within it. Um, and they are strong leaders with good visions. And it shows um, in this book that they're both supportive, loyal people. Now, the Nine of Cups, it says... Um, something that you've been waiting for will come into your life soon. Your hard work is about to pay off and it's a good time to reward yourself. If you're asking a question, the answer is yes. So right. the question I asked is, will our money be safe? So I'm thinking, yes, we are in good hands with the bank. So I also drew three cards. I got the eight of swords reversed, six of swords and the eight of pentacles. The eight of swords reversed that is always feeling trapped psychologically. The fact it's reversed is this could be a lot of psychological uh, play. If everybody rushes to their banks and withdraws money, that is can really cause a crisis. So yeah. it's saying try and get out of your headspace. And it's an illusion of being kind of like your money's frozen. You can't get it out. But I kind of don't like that card, but the six of swords is all about moving out of troubled water, but it could mean that they're being acquired. Mm -hmm. They're getting rescued by another bank that could happen, or they're moving our funds to the new system, which some people have said it would just be the same thing, only a different system that we're on something like that. Mm -hmm. And then the eight of pentacles, um, I think is just, Again, just saying that, you know, we need to not be greedy. We need to just be patient, figure out what's going on. And I drew at the Oracle card, the new moon in Leo, and it says confidence is your key to success. So I think it's just being wise, mm -hmm. you know, listening to your gut instincts, you know, pay attention and maybe, yeah, maybe sign up for, you know, your investments to be reviewed by financial professional can't at hurt. this time it can't hurt to yeah. you know maybe maybe they'll suggest diversifying or something like that but i think our credit union um is okay for now good me too well we hope your guys's uh, money is safe as well and we hope that you have a good night Our good friend of the show, Amy Roscoe. That's not how you say her name. <laughs> Josh, take that out. Amy Roscoe. <laughs> the Dukes of Hazard. Oh, my God. <laughs> Gosh, no. Um, take that out. One of the oldest existing tarot cards was the Visconti's... Blah, 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 blah. Bianca's father was Filippo... No. Would you want some jam with that toe? <laughs> Weinstein.
Not Weinstein. <laughs> Not even Weinstein. <laughs> Weingarten. Very different from Weinstein. I don't know why my brain is on that. Well, you were talking about um, people um, who are corrupt. Uh, that's probably oh, that, why. That's probably why. Sorry, Henry Weingarten, to even go there. <laughs> Josh, this would be a great blooper. Anyway. Um, oh, maybe that's what I meant. I don't know. But because I don't know, and I wrote this when I was late, um, we're just cutting it at after 82 banks shutting down. Okay. Boom. Boom. In all, <laughs> boom. As the flames die down, do remain undaunted. Though all hitchhikers are ghosts and all dolls are definitely haunted. guys be sure to follow us on instagram our handle is at fireside phantoms if you have a spooky story you would like to share with us send it to firesidephantoms at gmail.com and you may hear it on a future episode